welcome everyone we are back with mr scott free um he has consented to do a third and final issue with us this season and it is a banger i'm daryl i'm philip <laughs> and scott uh, i'm scott yeah um we are doing a, a spider-man issue one of the many spider-man <laughs> titles that was floating around yes there, the uh, not propensity the number of spidey titles in this era sort of makes sense for why a few years later they would make spider-man the animated series spider-man the animated series happened right around the time this annual came out so uh, they were cashing in on the spidey love this is the web of spider-man annual annual number nine for that title yes. um just to show you that a tertiary tertiary spider-man title such as web of spider-man could run for at least nine annuals yeah it's um yeah you just you don't get that anymore um especially yeah like like ter i mean tertiary is being very generous with yeah <laughs> people when they're talking about spider-man titles web is like the unwanted cousin that no one ever ever wants to really read or talk about oh um we're here to talk about it and we're here to talk about it because we have not one not two but three brand new marvel characters and together they are the cadre the cadre which marvel went to the trouble of trademarking oh um it's it's an it's an interesting it's an interesting annual um and I'll I'll preface it by saying it's like there's actually Moon Knight is not in this but there's a lot of like Moon Knight stuff the whole thing with like the Templars and that woman who randomly we'll get to this but the woman who randomly shows up the Templar woman is like a Moon Knight minor character and my whole oh. thing throughout this was just like why is spider-man in a moon knight like this is a moon knight story that they just stuck spider-man in instead of uh, well uh, i think we can explain it because terry kavanaugh wrote both titles so there you go um terry kavanaugh bringing moon knight sensibility to web of spider-man as we open up with the origin of the cadre um, where a woman is mincing away from the front door of um, an abbey. But it's like Notre Dame. Like, it, that's a big, Someone, ornate abbey you in can, upstate New York. 19 years ago. So 19 years ago in our time. This is 2004. <laughs> <laughs> and this woman is in a crop top. Um, seriously, she's mincing away. Like, she drops some babies in a basket and then uh, flounced her way away from them. And a monk opens up and <laughs> he sees these poor abandoned babies. And his first thing is the dark bloodline resurfaces. Fucking rude. Just... <laughs> Isn't that what you think of whenever you see a small child? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. he follows it up with the thought, and Lord help us all. Like... That's wow what, that's what you say when you're on an airplane with a small child yeah like yeah. obviously you're a religious institution and probably a safe space for someone to drop a baby like a fire station 
or an upstate monastery. And um, it's sort of your job. So we go through their childhood. They are pasty white kids um, who are dressed in very 80s fashions. Like they would fit in. I mean, I probably had those as hand-me-downs. Probably. They're just running around having a good time. They're having a great childhood. Yeah. I would argue great childhood. They're playing in this very large ornate abbey, which actually would be kind of fun. Like think of how much hide and seek you can play and it would never get old um and it seems pretty normal the the woman who is serving them she's like hey um you know you need to eat lunch they're getting soda wow these kids are hopped up on sugar what abbey is this i don't know i want i mean it's a templar abbey apparently. yeah it's gotta look like you had some thoughts uh it's just in insane this is um i i yeah like just just a big ominous abbey in upstate new york um where they're they're templars they're the hellbent um you know the the old monk gregory is like i treasure them as my own children but the order's traditions are extremely strict when it comes to the shadow spawn and um it's like you know he's he's called these kids shadow spawn to their face. And oh, like, absolutely. But there's like such happy kids, and then all the descriptors for them are are like that shadow spawn and hellbend. Yeah, and I I I like normal little kids. Yeah. And then they're underneath Abby, like we're going through progression. They're now in their teens. Um, they're playing hide and seek in the tunnels. See, it's been 15 years worth of hide and seek at this abbey because there's so much space. <laughs> and it's almost like they have mutant powers manifesting. They are definitely looking a type of way. One of them is covered in spikes. Uh, one of them has crazy eyes. The the girl, the only girl. Uh, a unibrow and hair that just goes whoosh up and out. And it, um spikes sort of emerge at the third brother who's looking really normal in a tank top and a backwards hat oh that's boar not art is the one with all the spikes and then boar is the normal looking yeah i'm yeah Yeah. he shot spikes at the normal looking one oh yeah and then because they're like playing rough they discover this secret library which because the spikes made a hole in the wall yep Yep. And they're like, wait a minute, um, they have a volume on Hellbent with our names on it? Maybe we should read this. It is kind of cool. There's more project, projected designate vortex. Mother, human, female, identity encoded. Father, Hellbent unknown, dot, 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 question mark. Sister, Tia, uh, projected designate dementia. Brother, Ard, projected designate shard. So they've just known their nicknames their entire lives. They just discovered their full names, which are not entirely complimentary. They are ominous at best. Yeah. Um, and Gregory's there to be like, no, I'm shutting this book. You should not be here. Okay, so Scott, what happens after this discovery? Uh, well, they're they're moving around, you know, wine, and um, it's like, the, the drivers, I guess, uh, they're taking the wine away. And then um, 
you see these these sort of spooky figures looking down and you know uh one of them announces that uh all must this is the beginning of the end of the knights templar and all must die tonight and um bunch of them burst through the window and the a monk screams hellbent and the um one of the other sort of it's just like ah seth sends his regrets keeper and there's the immortal himself has betrayed us and uh then they start massacring um uh monks all these religious folks just getting murdered i mean they pan out so it's the abbey's very small with a gigantic e above it so you know nothing good is happening yeah and um we then learn that the the hellbent children have stowed away uh in the delivery truck and are um off to uh manhattan i mean i do admire a religious house that is ordering alcohol in bulk um so much that you need a semi to deliver it uh what else are you going to do in upstate new york i mean i remember the smell of that wine like the sacrificial wine when i was an altar boy like that memory is ingrained i hope they had some good alcohol in this delivery too like it's this and like frozen margs in a bag <laughs> that they just stock there like they probably have like a sub basement that's near freezing that they can just throw all those pouches in and go grab it as they want them so it's a wine slushy that turns into the blood of christ <laughs> yes <laughs> it's a christ slushy oh. 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 yeah we're recording this on a sunday too Ooh. um praise be with the cadre as they emerge and they just get overstimulated like they don't know how to react to people because they they've not up in an abbey like they, yeah. did they out based on their pallor i don't think they even went outside i think they chugged a bunch of soda before they and they're like hyped up like so much caffeine and so much sugar but the the normal one is looking great like that outfit that is a fun outfit oh it's yeah that's 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 i'm ready for a night on the town oh we'll see where this is gonna go Tia um, has like a very Sally outfit from Nightmare Before Christmas, which is advertised in some of these annuals. It is. And uh, um Art has a harness. <laughs> yes. So uh, they're they're 20 something now, I think. Uh, no, it was uh, 19. They're 19. 19. Oh, okay. Where they were screaming babies. We turn the page, we finally see Spider-Man. At first I was like, who is this? Yeah, I, I forgot what book I was reading at this point. <laughs> and I flip the page and I'm like, oh, Mr. Parker. Oh, yeah. It's Peter Parker. He looks older. And anticipated. And um, Mary Jane, they're married. They are going for some role play here. They are. <laughs> they're spicing up their marriage with um some dancing and some lobster bibs and it's have we met somewhere before ms watson and she's like in your wildest dreams mr parker dot, 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 i hope but the name is watson parker tiger uh, it seems like they're having a little marital strife and then he um gets butter sauce on her silk dress and she's it ruins the night for her yeah, they, well, they do start uh, arguing ahead of time. Well, he, Probably... he he applies the old spider strength to the lobster, and uh, the lobster explodes because Spider Man is very strong. And um, but yeah, they like I cut you off. They were arguing before this, um, and and for 
for younger readers who are confused, Peter Parker and Mary Watt, Mary Jane were once happily married uh, before Mephisto and um, certain writers decided to undo that. Oh, what happened? Uh, I, I that would be a long, long, <laughs> long tangent. We will we can investigate offline about yeah. that. Okay. Um, oh, but also side note: when I was reading this and Peter was so unhappy, it all sort of made sense during House of M when, in that alternate reality, he had a happy marriage, family, ev happy everything with Gwen Stacy. And when they undid House of M and he got brought back to this reality, he is like unhinged because he was so happy there. And then they took it all away. Uh, several times. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but but that that is for a different episode. Um, His spidey sense goes off. Yeah. Because Mary Jane has stormed off. She's like, I will be gone for as long as it takes for butter to soak out of silk. Um, he blasts up the elevator shaft and um, yeah, turning he, the page. He goes past J. Jonah Jameson. Um, no, yeah, you see little little mustache. Um, and then he's he's thwipping. Um, oh yeah, yeah, out onto the streets, <laughs> and Mary Jane catches sight of him swinging away, and she's just like, "Check, please, now." <laughs> she's so pissed she's so pissed she, her eyebrows are namor eyebrows <laughs> the arches um <laughs> so he sort of loses track he's whipping through the city towards the danger that he's being directed to by the spidey sense and his world goes topsy-turvy he runs into a wall yeah yeah um and then sees three shadowy figures in the middle of like some wrecked cars and it was like okay, I can work my way down to them, but I need to close my eyes. Like, my senses are actually failing me right now, and I don't know what's going on. He needs to trust his spidey sense and get down. And he's, it sort of works, going spider style. Um, and people are running because behind them are dragon-riding crusaders? Yes. Um. Yeah because that's a thing that happens and yep. um he's you know hallucinating and um you then see the uh cadre fighting with um code blue which is a police squad um with extremely heavy firepower um, yeah blue seems problematic um it was a different time in New York. You could get away with stuff. Um, so the scene, I mean, they're firing grenades at them. And Ard is throwing out his shards. Obviously, Dementia is doing the mental stuff. And then Vortex is whooshing them all away. Or, and, I'm sorry, whooshing them all away. Yes, um, including a helicopter. So the they're defending themselves as best as they can do so spider-man swings in and dementia like it's a really fun panel it's abstract yeah. art basically yeah. um where she's really messing with his perception of everything and they just want to be left alone yeah like these poor kids are 
escape the Abbey for a night on the town to actually see a city. She was, I assume, go to a gay club with the way they're dressed. And um, they're just being attacked. And Spider-Man doesn't know this. It's one of those things. It's a classic comic fight where if they just took two seconds to like, actually Hi. talk. And then he'd be like, oh, oh, no. But instead, it takes several pages. Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, in his defense, they do look like little Morbiuses in BDSM gear. So I, I understand his reaction. Of being, yes. Oh, okay. Um, we have to have the safe sex talk with Morbius because this something's going on here. Um, but yeah, then the, um, the cops are trying to kill them from the air and... Um, you get the chupa choo chupa choo sound effects and um crowd control they're shooting or uh, trying to shoot and um they take down the helicopter with spikes and powers it sort of gets crunched and there's a great panel with spider-man on the sort of imploding um yeah yeah he got whooshed up to the helicopter and hung on which is a great alternative to being chopped up by the chop, uh, the blades. blades. Yeah. Um, so he saves the, the people in the chopper. Which is more than they probably deserve. Yes. And he goes back down and Tia's like, no, stay back. And the three of them try to run away. And um, Spider-Man webs himself a boxing glove and punches Ard and then code blue is firing again a lot of buddha buddha buddhas yes and luckily they miss due to tia's perception altering abilities and and we get a a blonde woman in a battle suit and a kn95 mask yes um coming in to save the day she's a, a true knight templar so she knows what's going on she's talking to the kids like that she knows what's happening her name is chloe um and she knows how to calm down hellbend she's they're all trained apparently yes in knight templar school you learn how to calm down hellbend it's a special certificate of your diploma and uh, spider-man figures out um it's sensory overload. It's sensory overload. We need a web tent. And he spins them one. And um, she, she, Chloe, saw everything on TV and she's like, I recognize these freaks. They're hellbent. Um, I'm the only one who's equipped to handle them. Speaking of equipment, they are talking at in the light of a spider light on Spider-Man's belt. Yes. Yeah. Like and this... This is what I, I was mentioning before about Moon Knight. This is where, like, confusing. She is a supporting character from Moon Knight, which without, if if you've never read Moon Knight, doesn't really matter in this era, but she is Mark's, this is very misogynist. She's his cook and housekeeper. She's also dating Frenchie, his best friend, who also is, like, his pilot and... But then it's revealed that she's like part of this organization, the Templars, and she's fighting this villain who's a Moon Knight villain, Seth the Immortal, who was the one who sent the people to attack the Abbey. 
that that's where I was like, this is a lot of like Moon Knight stuff. But as you pointed out, Terry Cavanaugh was writing both books simultaneously. Um, and I think part of why you do this with Spider-Man instead of Moon Knight is Moon Knight probably would have killed the kids. Mm. Oh. Um, yeah. This this, you know, we're we're not quite in the face ripping Moon Knight era, but <laughs> he's still a little rough. And um, these are children, essentially. <laughs> So um, she, yeah, they they talk in this this web, and he's got his little belt light. Um, and eventually, um, the cops start coming through the uh, web with their butta butta boom guns, and um, they eventually are out. And Spider Man blocks um, text kids with the shield. You know, he turns it protects the cops from the kids, mm-hmm. and then the cadre um, gets away. And then we get an epilogue where they're back at the monastery, and um, everybody's everybody's dead. Yeah, know. they're hauling the bodies of the only people they've ever known and loved. Oh. Yes, and piling them. Um, and Chloe is like, you know, this place has been compromised. You got to come live with me. Because each Templar knight has a, a hiding place. They have a safe house. And um, hers has a great stairway in this, like, mm-hmm. otherwise outside looking rundown building. Mm-hmm. Um, she does go to the library um, to get the backup files on them, but they're incomplete. Yes. Um, so. There's some shenanigans up on the roof. It turns out it's just two of them training. Yes. And it seems like she has taken them in. She's going to be their caretaker. And the missing files, it's because they took them themselves. So they can learn more about who they are. Which I think is fun. Yeah. We love some self-actualization. Yeah. Um, And so Spider-Man exits this story halfway through the annual basically uh he's not even in it for half of it because the beginning of it is just about the cadre right yeah and And it ends with just the cadre it ends with them and and you know you get the box that's like she's like if i can activate the bloodline agenda before set the immortal and then just says climaxing or Climaxing in Moon Knight number 50. So it's like you have to read a completely different book to get the rest of uh, the story. Um, The backup story here that we're running into next is a cloak and dagger backup story. Um, I didn't think that we would be covering cloak and dagger in the season of the podcast, but here we are. Um, I mean, she this is their second appearance now that they were in the new warriors yeah yeah um and then a backup story here um obviously not enough material for their own annual but they're finding a way also not enough material for the front of dagger's outfit Mm. it's that weird like dagger shape or cutout it's it's a very low cut how how does it stay up um i mean this 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 is the era of the sioux storm um like four window so it's just wacky costumes all around maybe the two of them and emma frost compare notes of like the best products to keep your outfit on 
even though physics would say otherwise. Um, anything stand out to either of you about this backup story? Uh, I, like, I, no, I mean, okay. I, honestly, beyond the beyond wondering the physics of um, how cloak, uh, how daggers costume um, says on. I mean, it's 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 a pretty standard cloak and dagger story where yeah they happen to stumble across something they have some angst um with with them it's always just like oh we're like we're we're like freaks and we're you know how do we deal with the power that we have and blah 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 blah, blah. and um like i i'm not unsympathetic to cloak and dagger but um this is this is a generic cloak and dagger story and this is their usual and uh, they yeah. battle someone named Mayhem, who used to be a good person, and then something transformed them, and now she's got like a corrosive green nebula that surrounds her, and she's out for vengeance. And eventually, Cloak stab or Dagger stabs her with a light blade, and they think that they killed her, but they didn't. No, there's some nebula coming out of a sewer grate. But also, what is Dagger's hair? That's like oh, I don't know the the. I will say the art in this is um, an acquired taste. Like it's coming down on one side, and then it's got this huge bump, and then sometimes the huge bump is significantly larger than the other bump. Yeah, yeah. It looks like a wheel of cheese that someone has taken a slice out of. Yeah, it it's it's a choice. And our last story is a night watch backup uh, scott who's night watch <laughs> uh, so, so uh any listeners are familiar with spawn uh night night watch is um marvel's thinly veiled attempt to introduce spawn without violating uh copyright and trademark <laughs> relations he is spawn uh, I just I want to be clear about that. He is he is uh, store brand spawn and um, like the killer thing in the jungle. No, no. We'll show you some spawn. Oh, okay. It's an independent character from yeah. the '90s. Oh, you had to be there. <laughs> spawn Spawn is like if you took every sort of like stereotype of like '90s comics and just put them together and then wrote it without any sense of irony or anything that's spawn and um night night watch was even like drawn like spawn uh spawn has a lot like has like chains and stuff but otherwise it's it's like almost like panel for panel uh just a spawn ripoff no and that's why he doesn't get his own annual because copyright I don't remember anything from this story. I, I mean, I, I read it last night. I don't remember anything. <laughs> it's um, setting up Nightwatch. Nightwatch quest for the grim truth about himself continues in upcoming issues of Web of Spider-Man. If you want to know where this title is headed. He's got some like fun infrared abilities. Like there's an invisible person doing crime things. And he's stopped by Nightwatch. But then the guy dies because he short circuited. I these last two backup stories, I don't think anyone needs to read. I I actually really like the Web of Spider-Man 
story like the the cadre and yes. all that stuff i want to know more about them if you want to know more about them i have some notes do they, so they're not like they other characters that we've been introduced to where they just disappear after this the cadre appear in five more issues also written by terry cavanaugh in mark specter moon knight issues 56 through 60 which are also from 1993 and that's it what yeah. no yeah that's disappointing. It's real sad because when I was reading this issue to prepare for the episode, I was like, I really like these characters. Like, I think they have potential. You can do something with them. Maybe that's why we just lost so much interest at the final two stories. Because, like, by comparison, there's they're just not as intriguing, not as... in. There's nothing there to draw you in like there is with the cadre. The, it's also, like, nothing with those backup stories... scream web of spider-man or the cadre which are on the cover so um yeah Um, and uh, i looked up so i was like i really want to read these issues those issues of mark specter moon knight are fucking insanely priced like you go on ebay and they're like 50 dollars each what because it was near the end of the run i think so a lot of 90s comics, the last few issues are super expensive because they didn't print that many. Oh. And of course, it's I don't think they're on Marvel Unlimited yet either. So no. Um I yeah, I like I've I've read that I've read bits and pieces of that arc and honestly, unless you're really deep into like your Moon Knight you're not you're not missing a lot there's a lot with like the templars and like seth who may or may not be related to mark specter because seth is like a there's a big trend with energy vampires in this era Mm -hmm. Seth is also an energy vampire and he's an actual knight templar who has survived for centuries by draining the life out of other people and if if you're familiar with like DC at all, like Azrael and like the Order of like Saint Dumas, they sort of set up the Templars in this as a similar sort of like secretive order that survived the original Templars and does all this conditioning and stuff, and it never really goes anywhere after Kavanaugh, mm. um, because he's really into this Templar arc, and uh, when he goes, it goes too. So. Do you remember anything about what happens to the cadre? They survive. They survive the uh, conclusion of the uh, the Templar arc and the Hellbent stuff. Um, it, it was it was clear Kavanaugh was moving towards like some big confrontation between Mark Spector and Seth, and it never really goes anywhere. Uh, and I don't I don't know if it was because the book was just canceled and he just never revisits it and anything else but kids survive um they go off with chloe tran into the great uh unknown that no one ever sees them ever again oh that's so disappointing yeah so much potential they should be brought back yeah yeah the uh the the blonde woman who shows up chloe the moon knight supporting character is named chloe tran uh and she's a blonde woman with a vietnamese last name and it's there's there's all there's a lot going on in that (laughs) no 
All right. Any last thoughts about Web of Spider-Man? Would you want to read more of Web of Spider-Man based off of this issue? I want to read more of Moon Knight now because of this issue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, read, read, read Moon Knight. Moon Knight's kind of bitching. Uh, Web of Spider-Man's not Peter Parker's finest. And... and I can see why Kavanaugh went to something he was more passionate about for this annual. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, you know, I it's it's fun to revisit for like nostalgic 90s um purposes like it, it's the cut it's a fun story with the cadre uh the backups uh with like um night watch i i still do not know how marvel did not get sued um, <laughs> but and you're yeah. a lawyer yeah i i if i was um who was spawn spawn was image anyway if image. i was there, yeah if i was their attorney i would have picked up my giant 90s phone and just started suing people <laughs> right away. Um, so uh, Web of Spider-Man Annual Number 9, a good sampler of the 90s. The yeah. good and the bad. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Scott. Um, we want people to find you online. Um, if they want great cosplay or some commentary on anything that comes to your mind, where can they track you down? Uh, in the catacombs of a monastery in upstate New York, uh, <laughs> with with all the wine, with all the wine, uh, you can you can find me on uh, Instagram or Twitter uh, at Mr. Scott Free. All right, we are on Instagram at X Factor Files Podcast. Make sure to check us out, and we will be posting images from this annual, um, mostly from the main story, yes. but but maybe one of Dagger's terrible outfits, her hair. But also, gigantic thank you to Mr. Scott Free as well for cosplay advice. So yes. for folks going to the Uncanny, I will be Iceman, but also under much advice um, from Mr. Scott Free. So thank you. Yay! We love you, Scott Free. And we cannot wait to possibly see you in Real at, life. at time of recording in a couple months. So yeah. um, I love me too. And I... <laughs> I, I no, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, I'll see you guys there probably. All right. And listeners, we will catch you next time. Make sure to tune in for more trash from us <laughs> and more quality from our guests. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. bye.